General Mr. Jackie McKay to take it to take the presentation forward. Thank you very much. Thank you, Minister. Good afternoon, Honorable Chairperson, Honorable Members of the Committee, and Honorable Minister. I will now, I'm just putting up the presentation. I hope everybody can see the presentation. The presentation is going to um, deal, um, I'm going to go straight through to page three or slide number three of the presentation uh, because the minister gave an introduction to it. Um, the purpose of this presentation is to provide an update to the Home Affairs Portfolio Committee on the progress made towards the repositioning of the department as a secure and modern department. The rationale uh, for our repositioning is that Home Affairs is unable to deliver fully on its constitutional mandate as, is, as required in a sovereign democratic state. And this could be attributed to various factors. Uh, the first one being that Home Affairs is regarded as a department that delivers routine administrative services. The second is that Home Affairs is not regarded as a department that delivers strategic and essential services. And Home Affairs is not properly positioned or capacitated to operate within the security system of the state and as a critical enabler of national security. Uh, fourthly, that Home Affairs is not properly positioned or capacitated to enable economic development government planning and budgeting. The slide number slide number five, the, the, the other um, uh, factor is that we have an incomplete uh, modernization of home affairs. Whilst the application process uh, for other services like IDs and passports have been modernized in the department, Application for most other services remain manual, thus contributing to long queues in our offices and delays in finalizing applications from abroad. The sixth factor is we have outdated operating, we have an outdated operating and organizational model. 60% of home affairs staff don't have post matric qualifications and the majority is at a level six. With the exception of ports of entry, home affairs officers do not operate on weekends. Home affairs does not have an anchor legislation that provides for a coherent legal framework for its mandate, competence, and appropriate institutional instruments for a department that is a critical element of the national security system. Most of the department's legislation are not supported by policy. They are legacy legislation from the past that have been amended over the years without being in grand, uh, grounded in a coherent policy. In order for the, for the Department of Home Affairs, this is slide number six, 
in order for the for the Department of Home Affairs to fully to fully deliver its constitutional mandate, it must be repositioned as a secure and modern department that is staffed by professionals. Key elements of this repositioning include, amongst others, the following. The first one being a white paper in home affairs is the development of a coherent policy framework based on home affairs having the sole mandate for the management of citizenship and civic status, international migration, refugee protection, and the responsibility for the population register. The second issue is the DHA framing and enabling legislation. The Home Affairs will inter alia, uh, the, the Home Affairs Act will inter alia define Home Affairs mandatory obligations and frame the mandate and principles by which by which its subsidiary legislation must be drafted. The Act is a necessary legal instrument that will enable the department to be repositioned as a secure, modern department that is located within the security system. The Act will also deal with a differentiated uh, COE model for those who will be employed to perform public administration and security functions. The, the third um, uh, Key element is the establishment of the national identity system. The NIS is an instrument that the Home Affairs will use to keep and process legally specified document records and data on every citizen and every person in South Africa. It will be a central, it will be central in a digital society and globalized economy and will be the backbone of e-government and e-commerce. The fourth element is a new operating and organizational model uh, and future fit employees. Uh, the Home Affairs will not be able to reposition as a secure and modern department with the current competencies of its employees, operating and organizational model. The establishment of a home affairs college will enable home affairs to re retrain and reskill its employees. This will improve efficiency and reduce high litigation against the department. Chairperson, the next slide, number seven, just gives an overview of where we are in the process of repos repositioning the department. In March, 2017, Cabinet approved the business case for repositioning Home Affairs as a modern, secure department located within the security system of the state. Cabinet also announced that Home Affairs would be fully integrated into the JCPS cluster. The business case stated that the first implementation step would be the drafting of a white paper on Home Affairs, and in May 2017, a discussion paper on the repositioning of Home Affairs was gazetted for public comments. And after largely positive feedback, a white paper was drafted. In December 2018, Cabinet approved the publication of the white paper for public comments. The white paper was gazetted for public comments on 18 January 2019. Public comments were taken into consideration during the revision of the white paper and they are reflected 
in our SAIS report. On the 28th of May 2019, the white paper was presented to the NEDLAC Development Chamber meeting. The NEDLAC consultation process was concluded on the 14th of August 2019, and the white paper was supported. The white paper was presented and supported by the JCPS and the JSCID clusters for submission to Cabinet in September 2019. And in December 2019, the white paper was approved by Cabinet as a policy framework for repositioning the department as a modern and secure department that is located within the security system of the state. Chairperson on slide eight that follows is in terms of our new policy framework, the new vision for the Department of Home Affairs is a South Africa where identity, status, and citizenship are key enablers of citizenship, of citizen empowerment and inclusivity, economic development, and national security. Our mission, um, uh, uh, or the exclusive mandate of Home Affairs, is the management of citizenship and civil, and civil registration, which includes birth, marriages, and death registration, the management of international migration, the management of refugee and asylum uh, uh, seekers, and the mission chairperson of uh, Home Affairs is that Home Affairs carries out its mission in line with its commitment to citizen empowerment and inclusivity, economic development, and national security by being an efficient and secure custodian of citizenship, civil registration, and related identity services. Secondly, securely and strategically managing international migration, humanely and efficiently managing the asylum and refugee systems, and efficiently determining and safeguarding the official identity and status of persons in South Africa. Chairperson, the next slide on slide nine just talks to the uh, an integrated, what the new uh, Home Affairs seeks to do and our modernization program seeks to do. It seeks to create an integrated digital platform to manage identity and immigration. On the left of this slide, Chairperson, we have our immigration management system uh, which consists of our bi biometric movement control system, which is, which has, with which or through which we clear people coming into South Africa offshore, meaning in foreign missions, um, and uh, at our ports of entry in the border environment, as well as inside the country with regard to law enforcement and refugee protection. With regard to the, 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 on the left chairperson is our identity management system, which, um, uh, with which we, we, on which we register births, deaths, and marriages, and the product of smart cards, birth certificates, and so on uh, are issued. Chairperson, the, the, the um, modernization program seeks to integrate these two systems into what is called our national identification system. The next slide, Chair, is just a graphic 
of the of the 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 future model of the Department of Home Affairs that we intend to move to, because the current model is 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 failing us, and this um, uh, model chairperson talks to different uh, uh, service offerings like uh, the traditional office that we have where people go into the office to do applications. We are looking at mobile units uh, from which to serve clients, online services, for example, like our newly developed e-visa system, as well as third-party providers, chairperson, where, like the banks and other services where people would be able to go and access home affairs services other than your traditional home affairs office. And all of this, uh, Chairperson, will be done on our NIS, our new national identity system, which will ensure data quality, data integration, and on which our risk engines will run. Our next slide, Chair, just demonstrates, Chairperson, the centrality of home affairs um, as a critical enabler for e-government and e-commerce. And I just want to link on to what our minister had said earlier, that home of every, every transaction done in South Africa is based on identity. And the Department of Home Affairs is the doyen of identity. And as the doyen of identity, we believe that our new smart card, ID smart card, would be able to enable people to access healthcare, access loans and financing, licenses and permits, permits, access social grants, be able to vote, as well as access to, to education. Chairperson, slide number 12. Uh, with DHA being part of the security cluster, there is a need to enhance its capability to mitigate risks, deal with threats, and respond to national security initiatives. Most critical is the protection of its citizen and non-citizen movement data, as well as identity and status data. It is envisaged that certain functions of home affairs will be declared as essential services in compliance with the Labor Relations Act. Officials who perform security-related and core functions of the department will be appointed according to the provisions of the new Home Affairs Act. The provisions of the Labor Relations Act and Public Service Act will still apply. The recruitment and training of staff that is security-aware is critical to establishing the kind of secure environment needed. Thus, security clearance and lifestyle audits will be mandatory for all Home Affairs officials. The inspectorate function within Home Affairs plays a critical role in the national security system of the state. Inspectorate officials have been granted the status of peace officers under the Criminal Procedures Act and can, amongst others, investigate other powers investigate and make arrests. On slide 13, Chairperson, we deal with the establishment of the Learning Academy as a college. The current home affairs model is based on staff with low qualifications undertaking routine, low-level work. 
the new home affairs model requires officials who understand policy, law, systems, and processes, and can investigate and solve problems while securing systems under constant threat from criminal syndicates. The, the home affairs currently has a learning academy which provides in-house training to employees, and in future, this academy will be upgraded to a college. All home affairs officials will be required to undertake basic training at the home affairs college before assuming their employment responsibilities. Common basic elements would be acquired through a mandatory course. Amongst others, this would cover policy, legislation, systems, and structures of the department, security awareness, risks, and threat analysis. Residential courses will be necessary for officials to be inducted into a home affairs service culture, values, and practices. And officials will need to demonstrate that they have, an in, that they have internalized a home affairs culture of service and understanding of the role of the department in state and society. Specialists responsible for core business or areas such as security and IT will undergo additional training related to their fields and responsibilities. Person, the next slide, number 14, just talks to the overview of the implementation plan. The, the implementing the repositioning program will be planned according to the following horizons. The first uh, uh, three-year horizon from April 2019 to March 2020. In this uh, period, or during this period, the focus will be on putting in place key elements of the, of the new home affairs model and the continuation of the modernization program. On the five-year horizon, by March 2024, all core elements of the new model would be fully functional, including basic administrative and core business systems, and the required security standards would, have need, would need to be maintained. The, by March 2029, the envisioned, envisioned end state will be achieved with the legacy model being fully replaced with, and world-class standards maintained and funding assured. Chairperson, on slide 15 and slide 16, uh, we just break down the, uh, the, uh, the phased implementation of the repositioning. Uh, with the key elements as well as the milestones that need to be reached at the end of those particular periods. Chairperson, I now come to, I conclude on slide uh, 17. Uh, the Portfolio Committee on, on Home Affairs is, is kindly requested to note the status update on the repositioning program and the overall timeframes for the phased implementation of the program. Chairperson, I hasten to say that we might, might have to come back to the portfolio committees with these timeframes as it has been severely affected, uh, affected by the COVID-19 uh, pandemic uh, that we are currently experiencing. Thank you very much, Chairperson. Thank you very much, Chairperson. Uh, 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 Minister.
Okay, can you remove this the, the presentation on my on my? Yeah. Sorry, Chairperson. I, I hope it's done now. Yes, and uh, Minister. Okay, thank you very much. Can you take members? I'm going to take the members. To interpret the presentation in the following order. Number one, Honorable Roth. Number two, Honorable Muela. Three, Honorable Four, Honorable Likwata. Five, Honorable Chabana. In that order. Honorable Ross, Honorable can you mute your your, your mic? Honorable Kanyele, can you mute your mic? Honorable okay. Ross, over to you. Thank you, Chair, and thank you to the DG for the uh, presentation. Um, so I think it's important, you know, that the fact that the DHA is not regarded as a department that delivers uh, strategic and essential services. Uh, you know, to me, that's a sign of a government that's out of touch uh, with the man on the street. I mean, we've seen in the lockdown uh, people unable to get access to social grants because they can't apply for an ID now. And there hasn't really been an effort that I've seen in terms of uh, getting mobile units out there and trying to solve this problem. You know, feeling this problem, seeing this problem. South Africans uh, living overseas stuck here and having to drag home affairs to court to change the regulations. South Africans living overseas that are stuck here now that can't get an emergency passport. Uh, people overseas with passports expiring, they're becoming unemployed and undesirable. Zimbabweans overstaying their temporary permits due to corona being declared undesirable. Really shocking situation we saw there last week. And then we had the situation of where I raised it a number of weeks ago, where we said that because the regulations were not clear on um, asylum seeker papers and um, refugee documentation, that uh, there was the risk of bank accounts being frozen. And that happened. So those regulations were not clarified, and it happened. People's bank accounts were frozen. They were unable to receive money coming from overseas. And then the foreign workforce management program. So we still have doctors that studied in South Africa, they qualified, they went through our certification exams, and they're sitting there because Home Affairs will not look at the visas and say, well, let's look at the situation and see how we can release these doctors to assist in dealing with the COVID pandemic. And so one of my first recommendations is that perhaps the DHA should consider changing their motto of uh, We Care as part of this repositioning into a security cluster. And I have to say it's difficult to get excited about this repositioning. Um, a new dawn and not believe it's yet another false dawn. So we are told that the back office processes and systems are largely outdated and fragmented and how you will turn it around, and how you're going to train people to provide a better service. But if we look at 10 years ago, there was a 2008-9 turnaround strategy. And this strategy, just the initial costs alone were 899 million rand. And the results of that were presented to this committee in 2009. And what did they say? They said that uh, unstable, insecure, 
and often outdated IT infrastructure and systems is a big problem and that they're going to provide a secure backbone for commerce and for government systems such as driver's licenses and health cards and enable e-government through secure identification. So that's exactly what we're hearing now, 12 years later. And then even before that, the 2003-04 turnaround. So there we heard about uh, that training would be a key component of this plan. And I'd be interested to know what, what is the difference between this training that's going to happen now and the training that happened then. Because it doesn't appear that that training was, was particularly successful. If we look at uh, how many people are, are not trained sufficiently in the department at this point in time. And then there was the, the IT Ingwe project. So there we were supposed to get an electronic uh, document management and workflow system. And last year when I asked about this, I was told that it doesn't really exist. So documents are being lost and it takes days to find out where they are in the process. And so the DHA has court cases against it because you can't process applications in time. So these elements need to be urgently addressed once and for all. I mean, we're talking about 2003, 2004. That was many, many years ago. So it's positive that you admit that uh, home affairs is, is failing, um, but it's more than just about IT systems and training. It's also about an organizational culture. You, you claim to be dealing with external fraudsters in becoming a security department in securing the Republic, but you need to deal with the, the culture of corruption inside the organization. And I haven't seen anything in the last year that's really convinced me that the new administration is doing this. And so as long as these people remain, they will do everything in their power to, to prevent systems of transparency, like process management systems, where you can find out where in the system is what and who's worked on it, who changed the record. Now, when it comes to immigration, resourcing is a long known issue. But instead of coordinating the agencies at the border, you throw billions at the BMA, while your internal immigration services remain unstaffed. So my question to you is, is, is what will you do that will be different from these other times? We were promised the same things. Most of the large backend systems like uh, NIS um, have been in development for many, many years, and it's been plagued by delays and irregularities. So, so to what extent has a modular approach been considered? Where you say, let's roll out smaller systems or subsystems, and then build these into one big system. Because it seems that if the department is incapable of, of uh, landing these big systems and trying to implement them. And then in the current fiscal environment of, of low growth, um, and given the past challenges, how realistic is it that this 10-year timeline for the full repositioning and modernization will be achieved? And finally, as part of the uh, commerce aspect of repositioning, uh, what mechanisms are you going to put in place to attract skills and expertise into South Africa? to help us recover from the devastating financial impact of the lockdown. Thank you, Chair. Thank you. Honorable Chair, um, thank you very much for the opportunity. I think, Chair, let me first uh, acknowledge and appreciate the presentation from the department uh, presented by um, the DG on behalf of the department. Just to say one or two things, Chair, uh, based on the presentation that um, under the leadership of the Minister, um, uh, Dr. Aaron Zwalid, let's appreciate uh, that uh, they are doing a very good job. In fact, Honorable um, Zwalid, Minister, you 
are trying your level best to change the situation. And I feel very strong that uh, uh, we, we, we really need to give you the support. Now, on the presentation, DG, um, um, it's a well-presented uh, document, which I think it will help uh, the department to turn around the situation, especially in making sure that our department and officials get the necessary skills that they require in making sure that the Batupili principle and other related principles of the organization, which is Department of Home Affairs, are being implemented uh, correctly. Your law, your policies, your systems are in place so that we can be able to implement and respond to the challenges uh, that are faced by our people on the ground. Specifically on the establishment of the Learning Academy as a college, which I think is one of the positive response that will respond to all the issues that we are faced with currently within the department, because for now it will be an in-house process. And as you go, uh, as the process unfolds, I think it will be open so that everybody can take one or two skills and so on. I think yes, I, I want to take this opportunity and appreciate uh, 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 the work that we have done and the and the and the and the and the proposal that we have uh, presented in representing your home affairs positioning program. It's a good program. It must be appreciated. It must be supported. So that at the end of the day, everybody must have the necessary skills that are, are required. I therefore submit, Chairperson. Uh, Thank you very much. Thank you, Jane. Yeah, uh, Thank you, Honorable Chairperson, and uh, greetings to you once again, to the colleagues and uh, to the Honorable Minister. Yes, can you hear me now? Hello, Chairperson, can you hear me? Yes, Hello. I can hear you. Proceed. Eddie, 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 can you turn the, um, can you turn, can you mute everyone, please? But yes, you're busy disrupting the meeting. Can you proceed, Honorable Kanye? Okay, am I audible now? Yes. Okay. Uh, thank you. I was um, greeting you, the colleagues, together with the Honorable Minister. And I also wanted to indicate that I am also very sorry about the incident that has happened to our Deputy Minister. And uh, we hope he is fine and uh, he will, and whoever is responsible for what happened to him, they will be brought to justice. With that being said, uh, I would also like to acknowledge the, the presentation that was presented before us by the, by the department. And I have uh, a few questions here that I would like to raise. Uh, the first question that I have is that uh, uh, the home is about the Home Affairs um, College. I would like to know that um, the Home Affairs College that will upskill employees, what plans are in place to deal with employees who may fail or continue not to meet the required new skill and education? Is there a time frame set for employees to obtain this? The second question is, what level of qualifications will this college provide? 
or will it just be short courses um, for, for IT? Uh, and the, the new IT systems, how will they deal with the existing backlogs in the home affairs? And uh, the, 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 the fourth question that I have uh, is that previously, the Department of Home Affairs uh, frustrated members of the public with systems that are constantly offline. The presentation mentions that you aim to now have stable network. Is this new system unlikely to have some same problems? And what has been done to avoid these problems in future? And I would also like to know if it will be able to address the issue of, of, of long queues and also would like to add that while we train the officials on, on IT, can we ensure that the department trains the officials of home affairs on issues of customer services or customer care? Uh, because we are receiving a number of issues where members of the public, they are not treated fairly when they go to these offices. And some of these cases, we have actually escalated them to, to the DDGs. I thank you. Thank you. Okay. Honorable Chaban. Thank you very much, Chair, for, for the opportunity and appreciating the, the report that has been presented, Chair. The first point, Chair, also is to deposit, Chair, that uh, we also uh, uh, are ready to interact with the matter that uh, it was raised earlier on, on of the government printing works. Um, it must not appear that uh, 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 there are some members who are not uh, keen to interface with that report will confidently uh, uh, rise on that occasion when we have received a detailed report before us, read, understood the issues, and able to interpret the course of action. So I thought I felt it's important to make that point uh, uh, of the government printing works and the allegations of the uh, 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 acting CEO. I must, Chairperson, appreciate and welcome the, the report presented by the department, which Chairperson signal improvement and the posture on what seemed to be the change of guard at the level of the leadership of the department and the administration. And I think it's one area that Chair must uh, acknowledge uh, for. Uh, noting the uh, legacy of certain areas which could not bring the Department of Home Affairs into space in line with the current uh, uh, epoch. So I think that is the most important issue, Chair. The other point, Chairperson, it, it will be quite important that we don't necessarily generalize issues that uh, are affecting the department. We may need to, uh, uh, as members, able to identify specific issues that are confronting the department challenges and highlight them. I, Chairperson, not uh, enjoy a space where uh, the department is always being put in a wrong space. Even this document outlined correctly that they are working towards repositioning the work of the department so that it's able to respond to those of the issues that uh, the department and our members of society are confronted are confronted on. 
So the narrative that is suggesting that uh, all is wrong in the department, uh, I don't think that is correct. Uh, we may need to confront where progress has been made, and these documents seeks to bring the department closer to the issues that they've been raising at the portfolio committee, the reports that have been presented to us, the caution have been given to the to the portfolio to the department, and these are some of the responses that they've acknowledged on our view as a collective of the portfolio committee on how the department needs to confront certain issues. Where they're lacking chair, we must be able to confront the department objectively with the intention to assist the department to move forward and correct some of the issues. There are three issues, Chair, which I think uh, the department, uh, there was an issue of the 24 service, 24 hour service of the department. I know, Chairperson, that is a very delicate discussion that the department managed to enter. All the, the unions managed to able to uh, be confronted with within the budgetary issues that they are facing. The department has been raising this issue for a long time of a staff component. What are the plans within the context of repositioning the department to create an environment where essential services within the department are locked within the 24-hour service? I think we may need to get a sense within this reposition document chair. What are the plans uh, in future? Or is the department considering or considering, or are they in the engagement with stakeholders to reconsider certain essential services in order to uh, 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 make the department to have a 24 uh, hour services. The issue of the college chair, um, I want to also get a sense of a, a, a improvement on the existing uh, college academy. What is an impact that they have drawn from that uh, academy in terms of reskilling our employees? Because they are indicating that 60% of the employees are, are lacking adequate uh, uh, adequate qualification in order to uh, execute some of the uh, specialties within the department that cause the department to have some of the uh, uh, backlogs in terms of the area. So what are the issues in line with that with that uh, 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 existing uh, academy? What impact it has contributed? And lastly, Chair, in line with the uh, fourth, industrial uh, fourth Industrial Revolution, this training that they have identified Will it, it meet or in line with the, uh, 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 the epoch we're in now of the fourth industrial uh, revolution? So those are the issues, Chairperson, that uh, I wanted to, uh, to pose. But we, we really appreciate the, uh, the, uh, the, uh, the presentation, which will uh, also uh, include the work of the, of, of the department. Thank you. Thank you. Can I give to the minister for responses? Thank you, Chair. I, Chairperson, I thought Min, Ordinary Lukota was on the line, and I can see, you know, he's moving his lips. It looks like he wants to speak, but you can't hear him. I'm not sure whether he has been forgotten. I'm just saying, Chairperson, because I can see no him on the screen. Well, proceed. I can't uh, interact with you from where I am. Just proceed before it okay. gives you the same problem yourself. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Thank you very much, Chairperson. I will allow the technical questions to be answered by uh, uh, 
the, the, the managers, especially the acting DG, chairperson, it's is very difficult to respond to honorable rules. You know, he, he is sounding more like a jilted lover than an honorable member of parliament who wants to engage in building a country. And uh, he is telling us that he is not excited about the changes that Home Affairs want to bring, but he's excited about the, you know, his assertion that the changes show that we are accepting failure. We are not accepting failure by bringing changes. We are moving with the times. The Home Affairs Department depends more on technology. And technology is evolving and changing all the time. And Mr. Ruhr, Honorable Ruos cannot pretend that there are tangible changes uh, that move with the times in the Department of Home Affairs. To start with, the IDs that were being produced are completely different from what was there before 1994. Secondly, the green barcoded ID has been changed since 2018. People are getting a smart card, which is more sophisticated and more secure. That is a great change, which was brought by the department after seeing that uh, staying with the green ID is sort of getting in the past. We have got a more secure passport than we used to have. For instance, when uh, the UK demanded that South Africans must now go to the UK through a visa when they were visa-free before, because the passport was not necessarily secure, the department went back to the table and were producing a more secure passport than we were doing before. We just brought the issue of an e-visa to solve some of the problems which people overseas are experiencing. The very same thing is complaining about uh, or lamenting about is aware that we brought an e-visa to try and do that. In the past, it was not easy to find out who issued a fraudulent document. If you got a fraudulent marriage certificate, etc., it was not easy to find out because officials in the department, in the frontline offices, were using password to get into our systems. And it was very easy to steal a password and misuse it. The department then introduced the system called BACAM, Biometric Access Control Movement, whereby our officials no longer use a password, but they use a fingerprint to get into the system and issue a document. And through that fingerprint, we can trace who actually has issued that document. That has reduced a level of fraud from what it was before. And any honorable member uh, to try and dismiss all that as nothing uh, is, is quite dishonest. And, and really, I want us to work together to build a nation rather than just to, to, to complain about everything, even where we, we don't need to be complaining. He is claiming that the department is not doing anything about corruption. We are doing a lot about corruption. I've just mentioned that. Early this year, we, 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 we announced publicly the officials who have been fired and, and reported to police because they were found to have been defrauding the department. A few 
weeks ago, we dismissed one of our officials who was working uh, in our mission in, in Namibia, who was selling uh, visas to Pakistani and Bangladeshi nationals to come to South Africa via the sold visas. We've been able to catch that official. We've taken the official through a DC. We've dismissed her and we've reported the matter to the police so that she be criminally charged. All these things are ongoing within uh, the department. And part of the reason is because we keep on modernizing. So when we come to the portfolio committee and say we want to modernize more, uh, it's, it's, it's not understandable for anybody to, to start ridiculing and getting skeptical about this modernization. It's very important and it's helping this nation, I must state. Uh, the government printing works, you know, time and again keep on promoting security in terms of security printing. If you visit there, you'll see the modern machines they buy, you'll see the, the training where they send people, you'll see the conferences on, on security features around the world which they attend to keep in touch with the rest of the world so that there are changes. Uh, the issue of the college and qualifications, I'll leave it over to Mr. McKay to try and resolve. Uh, the questions about whether the new systems will deal with the long queues, of course it will. If you keep on modernizing, as Minister, Mr. McKay has said, if you keep on expanding the program, if you don't use our traditional offices uh, as we were doing before, you use other platforms to issue services, you are dealing with long queues. What, what he was saying in this modernization was that we've got offices that are still using what we call the legacy model, whereby they are using uh, uh, manual systems to apply for IDs and they must be put in packs and be couriered to Tuani. But you are aware that there are other offices where it, it happens in real time, where you just sit in a far away office, you apply there as you are applying, your information arrives here in the central office in Tuani and it's sent directly to government printing works and they print your ID. That's why we are, we are able to issue our ID in five to 13 days. That's our standard. The same with our passport. Have you forgotten that some years back it used to take six months to get an ID or a passport? Now it's a matter of days. That is because of development and that is because you reposition yourself all the time. So please give us this opportunity to reposition so that the country can improve. Thank you very much. Thank you, Chairperson. Can I continue? Uh, thank you, Chairperson. Chairperson, I will ask yes. um, our, our Deputy Director General responsible for human resources to comment on the issues that were raised with regard to the, uh, the Learning Academy. Good day, Chairperson. Uh, good day, Honourable Members. Good day, Minister. Uh, there are several questions that the Honourable uh, Members have asked regarding the college. May you introduce your introductions oh. first? Yes, thank you. Thank you, Minister. 
In terms of introductions, my name is Nkidi Mohoboko. I am the Deputy Director General responsible for Human Resource Management and Development. And the issue of human resource development falls within my portfolio. The Learning Academy is one of uh, my responsibilities. We, we are in a bid to, um, to move the Learning Academy from its current status to a college. And in doing so, we have already started writing a business case that talks about the intended plan and the timeframes. And the intention is to do exactly what the honorable members have talked about, to make sure that we professionalize uh, the staff members internally that are in the department, as well as the stakeholders that are always assisting us with the, the mandate of the department, such as marriage officers and funeral undertakers out there. But coming directly to the questions that were asked, uh, the first one was dealing with how will the college uh, make sure that the, the courses that we are uh, providing are impactful and are qualitative. So the first point to note is that the college will be uh, registered and accredited with the relevant CETA and also we are in constant partnership with uh, the QC2O to make sure that uh, our courses are subjected to uh, quality investigation and assessment to make sure that they, they provide or, or they, they deliver the learning objectives that they are supposed to. And that uh, when we we take our learners through uh, assessment, we use both forma, for, formative assessment and uh, other qualitative assessment to make sure that after they've been trained, they also provide uh, the portfolio of evidence to show that they have indeed uh, gained the level of competence that is expected of them. All of this is done to make sure that uh, there is impact in the training that we provide. It's not only about numbers, but it's about impact. In terms of how we measure this impact, uh, Chaperson, we, we, we have developed uh, tools and templates to make sure that we measure impact of, of, of the training programs because at the inception of each course, there are learning objectives that are set. So after a passage of time when the learners have already uh, resumed their work, if they have gone back to work, what we will do in the college is to make sure that impact is assessed using the templates that are there and to make sure also that uh, we can uh, close the skills gaps that had been identified at the, at the beginning. So after three and six months respectively, uh, the, the, the impact assessment uh, uh, questionnaires will be run out and to make sure that the, the, the assessment is done and the measurement is, 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 is analyzed and the reports will be provided. Uh, there was a question also that says that how are we going to make sure that we don't only give IT training, but also we train our staff on customer orientation. Uh, we have identified a suite of, of training programs that we will be providing. And some of the training programs that we have already started with, even in the current dispensation, even before we transition to the college, is that we are looking into customer orientation, uh, client satisfactions, we, we, we conduct the training programs and we assist uh, managers at different levels. So when we train, uh, our training programs go from basic to intermediary and to advanced training programs to make sure that we, we pitch the level of training to all the, the, the required levels. 
Uh, one last thing that we do in the in the Learning Academy currently is to ensure continuous professional development of our trainers and chairperson. We have also partnered with institutions of higher learning as well as uh, the National School of Government to make sure that we, uh, when when needed, we have associate trainers, uh, sorry, associate uh, lecturers that come to give qualitative training programs that we might not be having in the academy. So it's a hybrid of training programs that we provide. Some are internally focused, others are professionally based that are developed by institutions of higher learning. And so we partner with them. An example that we can give, for instance, is how we were dealing with the issue of operations management, uh, Six Sigma, and many other such courses that enable our managers uh, to to be at the at the cutting edge of of, of of development. As I finish with the with the questions that deal with the learning academy and the transition to the college, there's one last question, Chairperson, that was asked regarding how are we going to move to the issue of essential services? And I I, I partially say that uh, the honorable member that asked all, almost answered the question to say yes. We are already in consultation. We are we have started the process of engaging with our stakeholders, that is the unions, and we are also going to see if there is a mechanism we can use to to get the required levels of of, of the services into uh, essential services. And we are looking specifically in those services that are run 24 hours, and we have identified them, but I don't want to go ahead of myself in saying where the progress so far, because we are... Uh, already, we have already started with, with the process. Thank you, Chair. Uh, thank you, Chairperson. Thank you. Thank you. And honorable uh, court and the problem with his budget. Do you still want to say something, honorable court? Okay. No, it's fine. Uh, Minister, thank you very much about uh, this uh, repositioning of, uh, of the of the department. I think this is uh, we must say that this is a very progressive step that you have taken in terms of repositioning. I've always been asking about the why. Is it not a security secure? But we are reporting to others. What is following is the report of the Department of Home Affairs in terms of senior security and essential services. It should be repositioned, and we are looking forward as the committee parliament to oversight the work that we are doing around because, and I agree with the Honorable Chavan. Let us attend to the issue of. The repositioning being part of the department needing to open. We have mentioned that the unions have a problem and so on. I think as a portfolio committee, we have undertaken that uh, we will meet with these unions and just to check what are the issues because it is a progressive thing that the Department of Home Affairs must open during the weekend because majority of our people these days they are busy. With this and that, so if the 
can be able to get the visit during weekends and progressively in the case for us, in the case for our heroes. I think that will, will, will go a long way in terms of us having, having uh, uh, a done what our people expect of us to do. I must say this, but uh, that, uh, myself and Honorable Ross visited the department recently around the issues of legal, and we were very happy with the presentation. Myself and Ross listened to the presentation, and we think that was uh, one of the most progressive presentation. The Ultra General and the judges in the, in the, in the Western State High Court would be presented with the report of And if that report is anything to go by, the department is going to go a long way in terms of uh, doing what is expected and, and changing the, the perception that the other members put into the department. And the, this report is, is highly Come by the portfolio committee. We will uh, oversight around the. We hope and wish you all the best around the issues. And uh, then we go to the next item. At this point, I'm sure we still need the minister and the team. If we don't, with the next item, we're going to request the minister to, to go and rest. Minister, you work very hard around COVID. And giving you some time to, to go and rest. We'll proceed with other items in your abstention. Next item. Thank uh, you very much, Chairperson. Uh, Goodbye, honorable members. Thank you. Thank you. Adam? I'm with you, sir. Yes, I'll start the presentation now. Um, we received additional um, one additional submission on the budget vote report from Honorable Chabane, which I integrated. I resent the additions made by Honorable Chabane in an edited version of the budget report to members this morning. Uh, I only received the submission yesterday, so sorry for the late submission. But um, I'll proceed with the revised document, um, which I'll put on the screen now. If you'll let me just okay, uh, just to make sure that you can you can hear me, but I, I am here, but I'm gonna go switch to my my camera off to so you can see the presentation. Um, and uh, again, we'll just be dealing with the uh, the observations and uh, recommendations. Um, the general submission by Honorable Shabane was that uh, we just provide some more detail um, on the post lockdown development in our budget uh, observations and recommendations, which I've done and integrated into our current recommendations. So I'm going to, to proceed with the document I emailed to members this morning um, on page 39, where we see engagement. And I'll just focus on the, the observations that are highlighted in red, which are uh, the ones that I've made changes to. To save time. So the first development was that uh, the, the portfolio committee uh, conducted oversight offices to offices that were closed down in the provinces, uh, in, including uh, and discovered that 55 of the 400, over 400 um, offices had been closed as a result of the COVID-19 regulations. 
and challenges were delayed. Uh, were challenges were delayed in procurement of personal protective equipment and thermometers. And after the peace engaged with the DHA, it resolved that they must ensure that all necessary measures for smooth resumption of services within five days from the date of the meeting held on 28 April. In subsequent meetings held on 7 May, all measures were in place and officers were in cooperation. Okay, so that was the one. Um, Then on the second bullet, we can see there that um, the issue with the procurement of thermometers. Um, and uh, we, Honorable Giovanni, we just added additional information there that the DHA appealed the closure of the offices in Kaoteng by the Department of Labor on the basis that partitions were not realistic. And the DHA office in Alberton specifically was uh, cited as having la a lack of precautionary measures. However, after bilaterals with the Labour Chief Inspector, it was reconsidered to reopen all offices. So that's further detail on that point, um, on that observation. Then we just move further down where I deleted uh, something about the Lindela Repatriation Centre to include it as part of a, a broader statement on Lindela, which if we proceed to page 40 or 30, yeah, page 39 there, on the Lindela visit that the members did, indicating that during the COVID-19 lockdown at Lindela Repatriation Center, where 37 foreign nationals escaped, a compromised the security status of the campus, the DHN committee conducted an oversight to the facility and law enforcement agencies are investigating the incident. The other major issue was a security, which was contracted by the liquidator and has, employment dis has an employment dispute with its workers. The, the portfolio committee asked the DHA to investigate this matter and work uh, report back uh, on its interventions to the PC. Regarding the issue of conditions at Lindela, there are officers of the South African Human Rights Commission and other organizations on site monitoring this. Then um, the next bullet point there was the issue of uh, between the migrants um, that were that were camped outside uh, uh, and inside the church. And we just indicated there what the high court case was. Um, in the case initiated by the city, the issue of Cape Town is, is the city not enforcing its own bylaws as, as per the judgment delivered on 17 March 2020 by acting judge of the high court, uh, TM Dulare. So just adding the details of that, of that court case there. Um, then an additional bullet there. Um, where the, the, that point where it says the committee noted that although there had been a reduction, there was a continued high record of contingent liabilities related to pending litigation. So I just added something um, on the, the committee's recent visit to the legal section, indicating the committee followed the recommendation of the Western Cape High Court judgment in the matter between the city of Cape Town versus Balus to conduct an oversight to the legal service section and how it, hit, uh, how it would deal with a large... Uh, with the large growing backlog of cases against the DHA. So again, this is just um, um, an observation. And then the Border Management Authority has been passed by both Houses of Parliament, and it's therefore before, the, and it is before the President for assent. 
um, once the president assents, the DHA will begin to implement its functions as per plan. So just an uh, observation there to relate to the recommendation we put uh, later. Um, then on the IEC, the uh, Honorable Tumani just asked us to provide details of the Constitutional Court extension. I'm still looking for the most recent case of that, uh, since the last case I have only gave the extension until the end of last year. So I'm still looking for that, uh, those details, but I'll add them in the, the final report um, once we adopt with amendments. And um, also just to indicate that the, the addresses at the voting stations would be allowed in the upcoming local government elections for those who do, do not have addresses, as long as they are South Africans. Then the next bullet point, which is one, two, three, four, uh, for electoral training in terms of COVID-19, the IEC indicated it would engage with political parties since educational campaigns conducted through the likes of door-to-door -door campaigning would be impacted. So uh, he just wanted a, a clearer statement there on, on how, what, what, what we meant on that bullet point, so I just made it clearer. Then uh, recruitment of staff was reported as not perfect in terms of creating employment. Uh, again, just the... Um, further details to make that statement clearer because there is a need to mix experience and staff, experienced staff and new ones. The IEC is working with political parties to agree on the recruitment criteria to inform how it is done for about 200,000 temporary staff. Then we'll move uh, three bullets down. Um, the potential for voters to, voters to register at DHA offices has been considered and will be reported to the committee at another meeting since time is needed to cover the complicated issues. So that's, again, it's an observation and the, it's just for, for further clarity on the same meaning. Then on the GPW, uh, the second bullet point we removed and added something more specifically about the CEO, um, indicating that the allocations against the acting CEO were being investigated and would be reported to the committee once finalized. The DHA has requested the Public Service Commission and other law enforcement agencies to invest investigate this matter. The preliminary report is scheduled to be presented on 2 June 2020, as per what was discussed in, this, in, the, in the meeting today. Then... Um, Entities such as the DPW will project a loss as a result of the impact of COVID-19 because it relies on printing for the Department of Home Affairs. GPW's mandate is to deliver security, printing and related services to government departments and their entities within the Republic of South Africa, um, including IDs, passports and examination materials. Um, then, so that's just further details on that. And then we go to recommendations. So the recommendations that we changed were to see five point four um, on the the BMA bill. Again, just reiterating what we said in the observations that once the president assents to the BMA bill, DHA must begin to implement its functions as per plan and the DHA should provide Parliament with a detailed implementation plan and related expenditure, including functions, funding, and, and uh, resources. Then we go to the IEC. Uh, so then there were no changes there. But then for GPW, 
um, just relating again to the recommendate to the recommendations or the observations above, we indicate there that the Minister of Home Affairs should continue to be an ambassador for GPW to ensure other government departments do essential printing with it, so as to protect intellectual property, security, and cost saving. This should be subject to the DHA and the committee consultation with private with the private printing sector. The PC, the Portfolio Committee, support the move of GPW to print government essential security services. So just um, uh, rewording for further clarity on that point. Then um, cabinet must fast track the security printers bill that will give effect to the GPW to print essential services on behalf of government. This is against the backdrop that GPW generates funds for other programs of government and institutions. Other government departments must assist GPW to secure printing services with SADC, which will contribute to strengthen its revenue. So it's the um, um, further detail on that point. Then, yeah, so those were the additional submissions from Honorable uh, Chabane. I can hand over back to you, Chairperson, for further engagement. Yeah, thank you. Remember, I'll take Honorable uh, Rose and no, thank you, Honorable Chair. Can I proceed? Honorable Chair, proceed. I can hear you very well. Proceed. Okay, okay. Thank you, Honorable Chair. No, I think, uh, Honorable Chair, let me uh, appreciate the summary uh, presented to to us. Um, I want to propose that we welcome the the report since we have discussed it uh, previously uh, in our last meeting. Uh, it's a it's a it's a comprehensive report that must be uh, welcomed and uh, adopted, Chairperson. Thank you. Thank you, Honourable. Well, I move for adoption of Honourable Ross. Thank you, Chair. Yeah, th thank you for the changes. Um, I think, you know, our our objection just remains in terms of the GPW um, just being given carte blanche to do all the printing of government or all the secure printing of government. Um, I think our... Secure, it's actually secure, not essential. Okay. They are asking to do the security printing, all the security printing for, for government. Um, yes. So, so we haven't, like I said, we haven't seen the um, STIAS report on that in terms of the the economic impact. So, our recommendation of last year, we said that, you know, in principle they can look at that, but the impact on uh, local businesses needs to be considered. Is a much fairer um, assessment than to say that they they must do it, because I believe the committee hasn't really properly assessed that, and got the uh, security printing other role players on board, see what they have to say, 
understand the uh, um, economic impact assessment of such a move before we can then say, okay, now we are satisfied that the economic impact is, is not going to be devastating uh, for small businesses in different areas. So um, I'm definitely against that uh, proposal 100%. Honorable Uh, uh, Chairperson, uh, <clears throat> firstly, Chair, that I think we must uh, request again, Chair, that uh, the the report that is being drafted to come to the portfolio committee uh, for us to consider for adoption should at least speak to the issues we have run through in the committees. Uh, what I'm trying to say is that it should talk to an, another person who may want to draw that report and read it without being a member of the portfolio committee or uh, just a member of society. So I think we must, uh, Chairperson, request from yourself and your team that um, uh, let's improve the how we, we, we deal with the, with, the, with the report itself. Because it difficult, it's difficult sometimes to, to get into the sense of what is the intention of this sentence of this paragraph uh, that is not in line with the, how we think things must possible. We, we request that chair again because we did the same when we were talking the report last year. Uh, I can recall that we, we all agreed on that principle. Uh, that report must go back, must be refined and so forth and so on. Um, and we spend time to redo the work. Uh, in terms of the report. That, that's my plea, Chair, that I think uh, the standard of the report, we may need to get it uh, thorough. The second part, Chair, is that uh, it, it would be important to, when we go to the uh, uh, these areas as a portfolio committee um, of uh, uh, oversight on the issues that must come in the, in the report, there must be a thorough research that has been done. Mm an articulation of points that must be done, uh, Chair, because it becomes difficult again to go back and source information and come and uh, input on the report that we think it has been. If this report was adopted last, last week, Chairperson, it could have went as it is. And I don't think that's the spirit in which we need to, uh, to, to, to. We're raising it constructively, Chair, because it also impacts on us. We must do our work as members to research. but. Those that have been given responsibility to assist us, they must go extra mile to do uh, uh, their, their work. We have not reached that point here of uh, 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 fighting and rejecting some of the things that are not how they will be uh, reflected in our, in our discussion. The issue of the uh, uh, government printing works, uh, Chair, I think views expressed must be allowed. And... Uh, um, I don't think there's uh, any harm for uh, any member to, to, to express a rejection on the process. And there's a context in which we are rising from that point that essential services must be uh, printed uh, at government printing, uh, government printing works in line with the security system of our, our, our country. And I think the government printing works on two occasions on the uh, on the reporting they articulated on the bill that they are, they are they are they are working on and it articulated clearly what are they suggesting and proposing 
what should, compro what should comprise government printing works to be a, an essential uh, uh, institution that uh, print government uh, works? I'm, I'm not convinced why in the, in the, in the statement here, we must, we must uh, say we must consult with the private printing works uh, uh, in the statement, uh, 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 private printing companies. Because there's companies all over the country who are printing, mm. are printing anything. They have capacity to do that. Mm. But in order to secure the government state documents, mm. you, can, you can extend the consultation on that. There's no security system that which safeguards the sovereignty of the country. It must go for, 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 for a consultation. I don't think that you want us to go and... Uh, and consult whether IDs must be printed by, we must go to Hillbrook, uh, where IDs are being printed uh, illegally. We mm. must go and consult those people who are claiming to be, to, be, to be printers. I think we must articulate clear, Chair. What do we mean when we say the, 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 the government printing works? They must go and consult printing. Which category are you referring to? Because they are lower uh, 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 people, big business, who are mm. in printing industry. So I'm proposing, Chair, that we, 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 we look on that, but remain firm on that. We must elevate the work of the government, government printing works to print essential services of government, including the, uh, uh, the, the ballot papers of the, of the IEC and other mm. critical uh, services. Thank you, Chairperson. Chairperson, are you with us? Uh, chair, can you hear me? Yes, Chair, can you hear me? Chairperson, can you hear me? Chair. Yes. Chairperson, yeah, can you hear me? Yes, proceed. Yes. Yes. Uh, chair. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. yes. Chairperson. Thanks, Chair, for the for the presentation. Yes, my question is on the on the oversight that was done at the, at, at our legal department. Do we have any report on that one? And also on the on the report, are we adapting the budget report today, or is this is or is it still going, or are we still going to put on comments and everything? But if we are adapting today, can you please uh, note the objection of the EFF? Thank you, Chair. Honorable Chair. Honorable Chair. Yes, Honorable Mayor. No, no, just a correction to Honorable Tito. It's not adapting, but adopting. In future. Okay. okay, Chair, no problem. Thank you, Honorable Moela. Okay, um, with regard to the report, um, I think we are not going to. You see, men, you must understand what is the role of, the, of our class. 
part of our role is to promote the the entities that report within this. It, it will be it will be a taboo when the members of this committee will want to be concerned issues of private business, what they are doing, and so on and so forth. Something for oversighting this entity. Our interest members must be the interest of this entity. Nothing else but how do we develop this entity better. So I, I think we can't speak on behalf of private, private companies. We should desist from speaking on behalf of private companies. What we must say is that we are saying here that government uh, printing works must be seized in printing the secure, stroke essential, essential uh, documents of the state. That is the recommendation of this committee. As to the, the modalities, how they look in view of all that, if the issue of the administration, they have to, to look into that. But that will in consultation also with Treasury and so on and so forth. But from the point of view of the committee that was seeing government thinking work, doing very well, it is more often than not, not money to be. Government, government coffers. It is not running uh, using the money of the, of the government in its budget. It is recommended that this has to do away in this thing. They can all a similar. But not only that, another important matter is that a secured document cannot be given to private people who have the I've raised my hand. Yeah, I second the proposed. Uh, I second the proposal. Now, Yes, I'm seconding the the proposed for adoption, chair. Adoption with amendments that uh, will be carried. Yes, thank you. Okay, thank you. Um, uh, thank you, Chair. Um, I think it's just important for, uh, you know. Can you hear me? I can hear you. We're now at a stage where you 
But no, no, I'm motivating. President to adopt, and uh, we want you to say what to what you do because we want to do for record purposes now. Uh, we want to register something. It has been uh, uh, proposed and, and uh, seconded for amendments. The chance now to rec to record the views. Okay, it's just important to note that there's no such thing as essential printing. It's security printing. Yes, that's that's just it's an important thing to note. Um, yeah, right. Agree. Yeah, I think yeah, thanks for that amendment, sir. Thank you. For the... The report is adopted uh, with uh, what honorable people have raised. what is next? I, I, I say, uh, now that the report has been adopted, and then we'll, we'll send it for, for, for publishing, for the publishing of the report in the ATC by next week. With the okay. amendments, yeah. With those amendments, huh? yeah. Thank you. Um, um, yes, chair. Yeah, yes, chair. Um, just from my side, I'll um, we'll do a final uh, read through of the document to ensure um, leg legibility uh, as per Honourable Chama Chabani's request. Um, yeah. Then we'll send it out. And before we send it out, uh, and I must see it. Okay. Yes, sir. Thank you, honorable members. Um, I think we've arrived at the end of the mission. I would like to, to thank you first for your commitment to oversight the, the department. And I'm sure we're doing that without fear, favor, or prejudice. And um, I would like to thank you and thank the department. Um, our next meeting is on the 2nd. Um, who's speaking? Who's hand is up? Okay. Okay. Yeah, I think we are going to meet on the on the second. The report is adopted. Um, let's meet on the second. This meeting is then the agenda until further until the notice is given. Thank you very much, members. Thank you, Chair. Thank you. Thank you, Ross. I got your message, Honorable Ross. Thank you very much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My brother.